Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. You got a Pokemon at the lab? What a waste, a wimp like you. Don't you get what I'm saying? Well, I too have a good Pokemon. I'll show you what I mean. Hmm. My name's Silver. I'm going to be the world's greatest Pokemon trainer. Hold it! You're going to take the Pokemon League Challenge now? That's not going to happen. My super well-trained Pokemon are going to pound you. Gold, I challenge you! Okay, I lost. Darn, I still can't win. I... I have to think more about my Pokemon. <laughs> Try not to lose. Class is in session once again, and this week I'm joined by fellow Dual Shocker and guest professor on all things Pokemon, Mr. Cameron Hawkins. How are you doing, Cam? I'm doing great. How are you, Scott? Doing well. Doing well. Just hanging out, getting the, getting the itch to play Pokemon again, you know? And, oh, uh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, we were just doing some stuff before this, and I was just like, man, po this game is so good. <laughs> so good. It's so good. But yes, this week we are talking all about specifically Gen 2 of Pokemon. This consists of Gold, Silver, and Crystal. Originally, this released, Gold and Silver released in November of 1999 on the 21st. It would eventually come over to the U.S. and Australia on, in October of 2000. Europe got it on April 6, 2001, and apparently Korea got it in 2002. Could you so imagine waiting cool. that long? Could you imagine waiting that long? Like that would I, that would suck. Uh, consider, yeah, it it is a way, it is a while. But having lived through the uh, when RPGs were rare and taking longer to get localized, I I can completely imagine it. That's fair, but I just like imagine like by the time Korea got this, like Japan got Ruby and Sapphire, like around around that time or like close to it at least. Mm hmm. That that's crazy crazy that's crazy but yes other notable releases just to kind of get your mind in the uh the headspace to take you back to the year 2000 here are some other games you may have been playing back then diablo 2 released one of the pinnacles of the action rpg genre deus x came out which really was one of the huge huge immersive sim sim games of the time also a pinnacle of the genre the Sims came out and has little did we know the crazy, crazy popularity that this series would go on to spawn. Dark Cloud came where you had to break out townsfolk from giant like seeds and rebuild a town. That was pretty cool on the PS2. Perfect Dark released and gave you another reason to own that expansions pack. 
Zelda's Majora's Mask came out, which added a far darker tone to the Zelda universe. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 released, giving us all more reasons to pretend that we could pull off all those moves in real life. Final Fantasy IX released and gave us rat dragoons and thieves with tails. Grandia came out, which is a game I still need to play. Vagrant Story uh, came out. Fantastic game. Highly recommend it. Also takes place in the same world as like Final Fantasy Tactics and Final Fantasy XII, Ivalice. I think it's the same country or a similar... Really? Country. Vagrant Story? Yeah, Vagrant Story is part of Ivalice. It takes place there. But it, it's not like considered a part of the Final Fantasy... Nope. That's wild. I haven't played Vagrant Story, but I'm uh, I'm going to get a PSTV soon, and it's on it's on there. So I'm gonna definitely uh, get oh, it and play it. Oh, definitely give it a shot. It's, yeah, 100%. it's a pretty 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 damn solid game. Yeah, I've heard pretty great things about it. Solid game. Uh, speaking of solid, we had Metal Gear Solid, aka Metal Gear Ghost Babble, release on the Game Boy Color. If you've listened to that nerdy site's Ultimate Video Game List Show Season Two, you might recognize this game because I brought it up as one of my favorite games uh, that you should check out. Which you should, because it's a fantastic game. And Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, the second part in the Persona 2 duology released over in the West. Unfortunately, we never got the PS1 version of the first part of this game, but we did eventually get it on PSP. So, Cameron, did you play any of these games back then? Um... Yeah, I'm sure I I'm sure I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 at a point. Uh, I haven't played the original Deus Ex. Um, outside of that, uh, no, I ha- I like I really haven't. Um, <laughs> I haven't, Final Fantasy IX is one of the few Final Fantasies I haven't at least like played. Even mm-hmm. if, though I haven't, you know, there's uh, there's plenty that I've played but never finished. But I haven't even touched Final Fantasy IX. And I know that there is definitely that community of people that will like die on the hill. That is the greatest Final Fantasy, similar to <laughs> Final Fantasy VI. Um, this is true. Um, there are many passionate stands out there. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Majora's Mask. Never played it. Uh, there are spiders in that game, and I, I don't fuck with spiders in video games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to swear on this, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll, yeah. And then um, I played, I've played Middle Gear Solid 1 and 2, but I haven't played Ghost uh, Babble. Um, the others, uh, yeah, none of the others I've played, but I've, I've heard of all of these games for sure. Cool. But yes, we are here to talk about Pokemon Gen 2. Now, Cameron, you are a huge, huge Pokemon fan. So give the listeners a brief rundown of your history, specifically with Gen 2. When did you play this? Oh, I played it right uh, when it was out, uh, when I was a kid. I still have my Game Boy Color um, right here uh, that I could show to you if we were <laughs> if we were video chatting. <laughs> um, uh, it... Um, Pokemon, specifically Pokemon Crystal, is the reason why I play video games. It is the game that solidified my love for video games. Um, it is still to this day my third favorite game of all time. Uh, it is just, in my opinion, it's one of the best games ever made. It's one of the best JRPGs ever made that uh, I've played personally. Mm-hmm. I know that there are still uh, plenty of JRPGs that could also be considered one of the greats. Um, greatest uh, that I have yet to play that I, that I plan on uh, fixing in the future but uh, just for me I think that it is uh, a, a near perfect game in every sense of the word um, 
I, I think it is the the best generation of Pokemon. It introduced so many th- critical things as a sequel. I think it's just like Gold, Silver, and Crystal. I think that it might just legitimately be the best sequel to a video game, mm-hmm. um, because of the of the things that it does. Um, I think the game itself is like the story is incredibly memorable. Um, I think it has the best rival of any generation of Pokemon. It is, I, I just love it. I, um, and I, I want to just like kind of clarify this, the specific reasons why I didn't choose HeartGold, SoulSilver over, sure. over this is that while I think HeartGold, SoulSilver might be like the best remakes for a video game, I, the, just the old school style of music and, and, uh, you know, pixel art and all that stuff. That's the, those things I think just tip it over for me not particularly like nostalgia but just because like that's what i know pokemon to be and while i I love seeing it evolve throughout the years like at the end of the day like that is like what pokemon is to me how it was in the first like three generations of pokemon Mm -hmm. uh so that's that's why i chose uh crystal uh the original gen 2 over like heart gold soul silver nice nice so you pick. You were saying you picked this up day one. I didn't get it day one, but I got it for I got it for Christmas. Like I'm pretty sure the year it came out. I'm pretty sure okay. I got it because I had Pokemon. Um, I had Pokemon. Uh, either I think it was Pokemon Red or Yellow. I don't remember which one I had, but I definitely had Kanto. Um, and my mom. Uh, my mom would. Uh, I only really got games for either my birthday or Christmas when I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. so. I, I got it for Christmas. I'm pretty sure she knew it was the newest Pokemon game and I was about Pokemon. But like, and while I still like liked Pokemon, like Kanto and stuff like that, Johto specifically is just, was just super special and super memorable. And it was like, I think it was the first game I played where I was just like, video games have a special, do things like, special that no other medium can do like that i don't an experience that i can't get from like television or or movies Mm -hmm. at such a young age and i think that because i was able to deduce something like that at such a young age because i was six at that time um yeah uh i think that even more solidifies the game's like significance um and how well it is able to send those type of messages to someone that is so young because you know at the end of the day while i still get we all still get like the newest pokemon entry pokemon is meant for children you know what i mean pokemon is aimed at a at a young audience um and i think that the way that it was able to convey those messages back then uh was just super powerful and compelling Mm -hmm. i agree i agree i remember myself um, this was actually Pokemon Silver was the game that actually introduced me to emulation. Uh, it was, it's a funny story. My, I had a neighbor back then. His name was Joseph. And I remember this was still months before it had come out in the States. Uh-huh. And he had called me up and mentioned that he had Pokemon Silver on his computer. I was like, what, what are you talking about? So I went over and he <laughs> showed me a Game Boy emulator on his computer and he was playing Pokemon Silver and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. I knew nothing. I mean, it was basically witchcraft to me back then. And I remember him copying the files and putting it on a uh, 
three quarter inch floppy disk for me so I could take it home and, and try it myself. And it, it blew my mind. But I eventually would go on and pick. Uh, I got I want to say I got silver day one and then for Christmas I got gold. So I had both. But I, this is I'm I'm with you. Gen two is my favorite generation of Pokemon. I I think this was the perfect it added the perfect amount of more Pokemon. It was still very much manageable. It was still easy to transfer between red and from your Pokemon from red and blue over. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you could go on like after you beat Johto's Elite Four and everything, you could then go back to Kanto and see how the that area had changed. Yep. In the pat in I can't remember how many years pass canonically. Between oh, gold and oh, silver and um, red and blue, I I honestly don't know either. I I'm sure it's only like a f- uh, a year or two though. Like it's only a few years. Because, yeah, it's not yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, um, but just being a that blew my mind, especially on a on a, a Game Boy game. Um, and thinking back to that, it always blows me away how that isn't something that they've brought back in any future games and it's always bugged me Uh, yeah yeah it's one of those things where and i think that's one of the so just like to to kind of compare like my least favorite like pokemon games of the main line are black and white because i feel like it didn't really add much like mechanically story-wise like you know, I know that they uh, the art the updated art style is really uh, loved and appreciated, and the weather system and stuff like that. But like, just I didn't really like the Pokemon. I didn't really it, it just didn't really. Mm-hmm. It, it's the one game that felt like the least amount of progression. But then mm-hmm. Black and White Two, I think, is arguably one of the best Pokemon games because they like they they it's a sequel. It is a straight up sequel which is what gold and silver is. It's a straight up sequel to red and blue. Like, you know, you, you're in this new trainer that deals with the outcomes or like that, you know, that experiences the outcomes of what you do in red and blue. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is what makes uh, that generation. That's a big reason as to why that generation is so, is so Mm -hmm. great because you get to see it's a legitimate sequel. You, you you know we get these these like definitive versions of games like you know Emerald and Platinum and stuff like that that are just kind of a read like a read run of what you already did with some new added stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was really great, and I think the reason why they ma- were able to make that work is because Johto is right next to Kanto. Like you know the regions are right yeah. by each other. And they, uh, so they had, it had that luxury and I'm, you know, they had that, they had the ability to do that by design because it was the second generation. Like they didn't really have anything else mapped out of the world of Pokemon outside of Kanto. So they're like, yeah, let's make Johto like right next to Kanto. And then, you know, you can travel back to Kanto after. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think that's one of the biggest, uh, things that go in its favor is that it's a legitimate sequel and you get to see these characters, like you get to see the outcome of what happens from mm-hmm. the uh, from the first generation, and it's really cool. I am a hundred percent in the camp that I would be fine if we don't like if we get a Pokemon generation 
that adds zero new Pokemon, but just connects the world more. Like, yeah. Don't Absolutely. add anything new, but like, let me pick what region I start in, mm-hmm. and then like, in essence, globe trot mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. to all the different regions. Like that would be my ideal, fucking, yeah, Pokemon one, game. One hundred percent. And the I agree with that, but I, I also think that would be a, a thing really hard to achieve, just because of how they would balance that with its leveling system. Like you know, there's eight there's eight regions now. Like how are you going to balance the leveling behind that because unless they were able to do it where i kind of wish they did this already but you know they made it so that you can level up your pokemon to 100 just by going through the story um yeah which i'd be cool with uh but yeah because that's something that i've talked to like even back in high school you know like 10 or almost 10 years ago talking to like my my friends who play pokemon i was like why haven't they made a game where we can just go to all the regions? Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like calling it like Pokemon Prism or something like that. That's, those were the, that was like the, the, the name we had for it. Um, yeah. So it's, um, and, and a lot of people, you know, there are some Gen 2 haters that just say like, oh, it's only so good because you can go back to Kanto. I'm like, that is not, that is not the only, that, that is not the only reason. Yes, that is a big reason, but mm-hmm. there's so much other great things in this game that yeah that just that just completely ignore that argument so who is your like who is your when you think gen 2 pokemon what pokemon do you think of uh so there's like what's your go-to team so there's two there's two answers to this um (laughs) because my two favorite pokemon in general are gen 2 pokemon and that's actually my top four my top five pokemon are are uh are gen 2 pokemon mm-hmm. uh and so my favorite pokemon of all time is entei i think entei is uh really cool you know he had the pokemon third movie which i really enjoy that movie and i just think his design is awesome um so that and so he's my favorite po- uh pokemon but um my second favorite pokemon is kingdra i really like kingdra i like the name nice. of the pokemon Great design. i like i love the design yeah exactly like you make a seahorse look cool are you kidding me um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, because um, the thing with me is that I don't know about other people, but for me, when it comes to Pokemon, I really, like, I focus more on, like, their design than their actual usefulness when it mm-hmm. comes to catching Pokemon. So, for me, like, even, I think this was, like, really the, uh, Sword and Shield was the first generation where I didn't do this. Like, I would only catch Pokemon that I thought looked cool. If mm-hmm. I if I didn't, I just I just ignored them. You know what I mean? So um, I remember when I was a kid. You know, I was a kid. I didn't I didn't really know much about the actual RPG elements of the game. I was just like, yeah. oh, like let's level up these Pokemon. So I know that I had a Pidgeot. I know Pidgeot was on my team. I know Feraligatr was on my team. Hell yeah. Um, because Totodile is the best starter of all Pokemon. Uh, don't at me. Uh. I'm trying to think about who else. Uh, gosh, so much, so much. Gra- uh, Togetic, I'm pretty sure I had on my team because you know, because uh, you got the egg and every. Well, the egg was mm-hmm. uh, was the egg to- Togepi in the game, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Togepi. You were right because right. I just I, I, I sometimes get it mixed up with the with the uh, anime, you know, where he gets the fan pee. Um, no, the uh, the big story egg in Pokemon was uh, a Togepi because it attached itself to Misty. Yeah, I know, but then Ash gets a Ash gets an egg too, and it's a 
uh, later on, and it's a uh, it's a fan piece. Mm. Yeah, it, it, uh, I'm pretty. I, I'm pretty sure I got. I had a. I had a uh, Tyranitar. You know, obviously mm-hmm. I had like Lu, uh, you know, Lugia, and Ho Oh. You know, that was kind of like those were kind of um, it from what from what I remember. I, I I vividly remember Pidgeot, like Pidgeot for sure, um, mm-hmm. and, and my Feraligator for sure. It's been just such a long time now that it, it, it's um, I've really been wanting to replay through the games um, that I yeah I just kind of kind of forgot. Uh, you know, a mixture of a mixture of um, those two Pokemon throughout the story uh, for sure. And then probably some more uh, Kanto uh, related. I mean, Pidgeot's Kanto, but like, um, you know, more Kanto related mm-hmm. Pokemon. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I was a fur alligator. I love Totodile. Mm-hmm. I I really loved him in the anime too, where he was just kind of derpy, um, and going crazy. Yeah. Um, I also had a Pidgeot. I'm always a big fan of the bird type Pokemon mm-hmm. in uh, games. Uh, Lugia, because I like Lugia a lot more than Ho-Oh. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I had Ampharos, because I fucking love that Thunder Sheep slash Giraffe <laughs> thing. Um, those were my main Kanto, or those were my main... Oh, Houndoom I also use a good deal. Okay. Um, I never really used the Legendary Dogs. Um, I did prefer... My favorite out of the three, though, was um, Suicone. Okay, yeah, Suicune. No, Suicune is awesome. Like Suicune is e- like Suicune's probably in my top ten favorite Pokemon. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, Entei is just like, I uh, so cool. I don't know. I, I really and, and the name is just so mm-hmm. cool. Like oh yeah. Um, oh, Alakazam definitely had an Alakazam on my team. Nice. I'm, look, I'm looking. I'm trying to look through the Pokemon list right mm-hmm. now, and I'm just like, oh, who did I? Have? Yeah, definitely had an Alakazam. Definitely had Tyranitar Pidgeot. was badass. Scizor. Yep. Had, was so cool. Yep, had Tyranitar. I don't think I had Scizor because didn't you need a trade to get him? Yeah. Yeah. You see. had to attach a metal coat to yep. Scyther yep. and then trade. Same thing you had to do to get a Steelix, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the metal coat. Yeah. So I definitely had those four on my team uh, Tyranitar, Feraligator, Pidgeot, and uh, Alakazam. Alakazam is like also one of my favorite Pokemon. Like, if I ever can catch, like, any any new generation of Pokemon, if I can catch an Abra, I will I mm-hmm. will get that Abra and I will make it the Alakazam. And it's like one of those things. Like I know that you're trying, you want to, you're supposed to try and broaden your horizons and catch new Pokemon and stuff like that. But I'm one of those people that I like. Up, oh, nope. Let me get my my good old no, tra- I hear you, good old traditional Pokemon. And I well. hear you. <laughs> you got those connections. Exactly. Exactly. So and they're not as OP as they were in Gen One when the type matching was a bit different yeah well, vastly different but still very very good yep um so you mentioned this a bit earlier uh that this has the your favorite uh, pokemon story like the best story out of the franchise and the best rival so kind of go oh, yeah. on and uh explain what makes these right ri- this story and this rival stand out to you so much well i, th- I think i like I think part of it uh, we already talked about is just like the, just seeing the outcomes of what happens in the, from the first game. Like Team Rocket is has like kind of dis- disbanded, um, and then like, as you progress later on, you find out that they're like still like up to their, no good ways. But Giovanni's like, 
gone and um and all that jazz and then with silver you your uh your rival which like there's a, actually no official name for the rival like via the games or um i and i'm pretty sure the anime as well um apparently it just kind of the community just kind of decided upon silver because that is his like default name when you if you choose not to you know pick um a name for him Mm -hmm. you can uh silver is the one that comes up the most it comes up in i believe gold and crystal and then in silver it's gold and heart gold it is soul and then in soul silver it is heart or something like that so i guess like the community decided because silver was the most um appearing name that they stuck with silver and i think silver is a good name for him um Mm -hmm. so but basically you know uh he he's like in the beginning of the game he's just kind of like on the side of professor elm's lab and and uh chilling waiting for an opportunity to go in and steal a pokemon so when you're going to see uh uh, Mr. Pokemon, Elm. I believe. Uh, yeah, no, Elm, but Elm no. tell, tells you to go... Uh, oh, see Mr. Pokemon. See yeah. Mr. Pokemon to get, egg. to get the egg. During that time, that's when uh, Silver steals um, the Pokemon, you know, which for me would be Chikorita, cause I, uh, for us, Chikorita. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you run into him and, and you battle him. And, he, you know, he's just like, I want to be the world's greatest uh, Pokemon trainer and, like... Uh, you kind of like find out throughout the game that like he kind of has the this tie with team rocket but you don't really know why um like or how Mm -hmm. um and the theory like you know and then theories kind of swept in the air throughout throughout the years leading up to fire red leaf green where it it basically confirmed it um that silver was giovanni's son yeah and um you know they confirm that uh, they they don't confirm it in fire red but it's also even more teased in fire red where you talk to a professor and he says are you giovanni's son and he says no giovanni's son has red hair like silver and then in uh the celebi event in Harkold soul silver it like you literally see giovanni leaving silver um like abandoning him mm-hmm. uh so so yeah um which i which in hindsight like makes his p- character even more compelling in my opinion um but yeah so basically you go throughout the this game um and all these and i think you know because i because i because i sit down and i think about i like i arguably played hoenn uh hoenn uh pokemon ruby specifically maybe equally as much as i did crystal Mm -hmm. but i don't remember much from that game and it makes me think what is it about Johto that makes it so memorable? And I think a big part of it is because Silver pops up in a lot of the these key moments, like uh, like the like the Bell Sprout Tower, where you know he he uh, battles the the leader at the top and to get the Flash uh, HM, for mm-hmm. example. And how, you know, he beats him, but he, but like the, the leader tells him like, you need to 
take better care of your Pokemon. Like, you know, you're, you're strong, but like, you're never going to get to where you want to be if you don't take care of your Pokemon. And he's just like, I don't care about weak Pokemon, yada, 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 and leaves. And, you know, and then he, uh, and then he gets into a strong, like rivalry of sorts as well with Lance, who's the champion. And he basically kind of tells him the same thing. Like you need to take care of your Pokemon. You need to be, you need to bond with them because if you don't like, you know, you're going to keep losing because he, because, you know, because Lance beats him. Um, so mm-hmm. like by the end of the game, you know, he, you know, he stops making excuses. He, he like the last interaction, you know, he doesn't make an excuse as to why he lost, uh, you know, as he does throughout the game when you, when you beat him, he just like, I lost, I need to do, I need to do better and I need to help my Pokemon get there, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then he leaves. And then like, uh, if you later on and, uh, after, after Johto's done and everything like that, you go back to Professor Elm and he tells you that um, he returned the po- he returned the Chikorita or the Meganium at this point back to mm-hmm. Professor Elm. And then Professor Elm told him, uh, keep him because I, I see that you care for your Pokemon now. Like, yeah. I see that you care for your Pokemon. I'm just like, and as a child, I was just like, wow. Like, the bad guy turned good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, how, like, when you were a kid at that age, I mean, I, I like, you know, I, I know you're a little bit older than me, but as a six-year-old at the time, like, being able to understand a message like that oh yeah, was, was really, like, eye-opening. You know, like, w- mm-hmm. like that, that, and just how it, they were able to do that with, such limited dialogue and uh ex- like just the just the l- limitations that the game boy color had at that time and being able to tell a story like that compelling with like that little dialogue i thought was profound so yeah. um so yeah i thought that was uh really really incredible uh and you know i think that and i think the one thing another thing is that like that kind of hurts the later generations that like your rivals are kind are friendly to you like your rival like you yeah. know when you when you they're when just we, your best buds that yeah, you have it, a friendly exactly rival like with. i'm like the, this is not my rival these are, this is just my like friend who says i'm like the, that says i'm your rival i'm like not really like i don't I, I guess like but you know with silver it's just like no you don't have a fucking choice like mm-hmm. you know and that's that was really really cool um and yeah there's just the game is just so memorable. Um, so many in Johto, like, like people say, like, oh yeah, so cool that you get to go, uh, like give 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 it shit that you that you rely so much on uh, Kanto as your argument for why Gen two so great. I'm like, the stuff in Johto is way more interesting than the stuff in Kanto. It's just cool that you get to go back to Kanto. Yeah. you know, like, um, I think the it's um like the architecture of like the buildings in Johto, how it's like that, you know, that traditional Japanese like mm-hmm. buildings and like the Sprout Tower. Like, are you kidding me? Gore- like, it's just so, it's so memorable. Cause like, you know, the Sprout Tower and like, like something as, as small as like healing the, uh, getting the medicine for the sick Ampharos and like, 
the goldenrod tower and uh whitney's milk tank and Ugh, and that milk <laughs> and uh you know, the Red Gyarados, it, it just did so many things that you just don't see in Pokemon. Like, you've never seen in Pokemon since. It, it's mm-hmm. just, and it's just so, so great. Um, And, like, it introduced eggs. It introduced shiny Pokemon. It introduced so, so much. And also, the uh, I wanted to go back to Silver really quick. One thing that, like, really, really actually visually shows that Silver changed as a trainer is that in the fi- so throughout the game, uh, you, you're uh like there's a certain point where he has a gold bat, and the gold bat stays the same for so long, in the final battle, it's a crowbat, and mm-hmm. the only way Goldbat can evolve into crowbat is through friendship. So it shows it shows physically with his Pokemon a subtle nod. Yeah, exactly. Like this is how far he has come, and it's mm-hmm. just like. Hell yeah, man. What a what a great character. Like, the more I think about Silver, like, he might be one of my favorite video game characters. Just because of everything that, like... Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, he's just... I just, I just find, like, the simpli... Just the simplicity of his character arc is... Mm-hmm. Again, it's, it's so simple, yet so fascinating at the same time. It's, just, it's so compelling to me. And it might be... And it, like, even as a kid, I was just like, wow, that's so cool. And even now, I'm just like, wow, I can't believe that they were they managed to pull that off, like, for such a young audience. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's just so much memorable, memorable stuff about uh, Johto that I think, it, it, I don't think, you know, I think Johto is the peak of Pokemon. I don't think we'll ever get to anywhere as, as close to as good as Johto ever again, um, in my opinion. Because I know that, like, a lot of people, when it comes to Pokemon nowadays, they're more about, like, the mechanic and the technical aspects of, of Pokemon. And that's the stuff I really don't care about. I care about the world and the story and, like, because that's what made me fall in love with Pokemon, you know? Yeah. I would be fine if they kind of shied away from a new gimmick each generation. I'm yes, kind of over I'm, it. I'm really over it. I'm um, really over it. And like you said, I would rather them kind of go back to basics or just pick one and stick with it mm-hmm. as opposed to each generation we just throw something else at you and then get rid of whatever came previously whether it's the z moves or mm-hmm. the mega evolutions and then merging kind of the two of them into something like the gigamax forms just kind of go back to a bit simpler time don't yep. worry about adding new pokemon just mm-hmm. Make it a Pokemon world. Like, ever yeah. since I was little, and I think it was, uh, I can't remember if it was the Orange Islands theme song or maybe it was Pokemon Johto, but uh, it's like the idea of living in a Pokemon yeah. world. We all live in right. a Pokemon I think that world. was Orange Islands. <laughs> yeah, it's Orange, Orange, Orange Islands, yeah. So um, you want to be a messenger. That's what I want. So like, I want just a interconnected world. Mm-hmm where you can visit all of them and not worry about just the new gimmick of the of the year that will yeah. be thrown out in three years i agree yeah they definitely are focusing more on the technical aspects of pokemon than the exploration and world of pokemon in my opinion uh because yeah like I, you know when when they announced mega evolutions i thought that i thought it was i thought it was so cool at first and i thought about it more i'm like well only specific pokemon get it and like it's yeah. just kind of 
absurd in concept. And then Z-Move's kind of, like, made it better just because everyone got it. And then Gigantamax seems like, okay, now it's kind of, like, a mixture of both. Like, everyone can do it, but only certain people are special about it. I'm like, I just, I, yeah. Again, like, for me, ever since, uh, like, from after Hoenn, just Pokemon was never the same for me anymore. It, it was just missing something. And I, and I, uh, and now, and it's mm-hmm. just been strained farther away from that except for sword and shield i think sword and shield is my favorite pokemon since since hoenn but um but yeah so you know uh johto's great also like um you know they introduced berries uh they introduced um you know you could you can make you could turn in the berries i believe evs and ivs were kind of introduced behind the scenes in gen 2 right Yeah, yeah 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 and then um i i i like I'm simplistic enough where I don't care about that stuff, but like, yes, yeah, that, 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 that is true. Um, you know, the you can get the the ball uh, the balls made. That was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, I think this like, don't get me wrong, like the suite of gym leaders um, in Kanto are like iconic and memorable. But like, I personally like like the suite of gym leaders in this one more. Um, uh, I. Uh, Oh, what was the other thing that they introduced? Oh yeah, and then not they introduced, but th- this was also cool, like the bug catching contest. Like, yeah, that's so cool. Like it, 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 it made the world like, it made the world feel more alive. You know what I mean? It's, instead of just going from like mm-hmm. these door to door, like town to town things, it's just like, oh, this is happening, and then all right, next next town. Like, I don't know. It it there's just so much personality in Johto that none of the other um generations or regions have mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i can see that i agree it's just it's such a fun fun game even going back to it now you can do so much with it oh yeah like and, uh, yeah i definitely play. want to uh play it on my f- well i want to see what happens is i don't know if i lost my cartridge or if it's mm-hmm. back at home in, Ve- in vegas because i you know i don't live i don't live there anymore uh, or if I just don't have it anymore, I really don't know what happened to my crystal cartridge. Basically, so I, I, and I actually think the battery died on it. Um, oh, probably. Yeah. So it's one of those things that I really want to replay it. I know I, I can't. I know I can play it on my 3DS, but I really would like to play it old school Game Boy Game Boy Color style. So, uh, but I gotta find I gotta find a, a copy of Crystal and and uh, play it that way. Which is going to be costly. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we aren't the only ones that absolutely adore this game. Well, this generation of games. So it's time to go around the web. First up, we have user the Doctor DB from Reddit, and they say. It was a time before the internet could easily help me with such matters. I kept the same save file in my gold version for its entire lifetime, until the batteries died and I raged and sold my Game Boy Advance and all my games. Even after returning to it years, ap- even after returning to it years apart, I would always find something new. The Karate Master in the Cave, for instance. During my initial time, when it was when I was younger. My favorite moment would probably be the first encounter with Entei. I didn't really understand what was going on and obviously didn't know I could use, uh, I could weaken it and catch it later. 
I only had great balls in my inventory and no moves suited for dealing with wild catch attempts, sleep, paralysis, etc. I threw a great ball on the first turn, and I caught Entei at full HP. I've not been so lucky on a game on a real game since, though I have played a couple hacks in which I've gotten Pokemon on the first throw. Yeah, that I mean we didn't even touch about the the legendaries really yeah, in Gen two with yeah, the they introduced so the wild the uh, the version specific Ho Oh and Lugia in Gold and Silver, uh, but you also had three additional legendaries with the legendary dogs Entei, Raikou, and Suicune that would just randomly appear as wild encounters after a point in the game. And that was crazy exciting. Yes. Like, what's going on? Yes. Also, I uh, we pronounced Raikou differently. I always I always known it as Raikou. Raikou. Raikou? Ra really? K-O-U in Japanese is Ko. Huh. I always say Raikou and no, like, I think everyone, I've, you're the first person I've talked to. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying you're I've wrong. I've never heard it. I'm just saying. I've never heard it called uh, Raikou. It's always been Raikou. Huh. But huh. Well, you know. Well, you know. Uh, Regional differences. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, dude. Like, I, uh, I remember running into uh, Raikou in the wild for sh uh, specifically and then like Entei later. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that was such a, that's a, that was such a cool concept um, that they introduced there and like. They kind of made it. Um, they 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 immediately made it easier in the. Well, I forgot in the. I forgot. Could you? Could you find out where they were? Like via the, via like the map or something like that. Because I know you might have been able to. Like yeah, once I you encounter them, you might be able to see where they're currently at. Yeah, because I remember with Ho Oh and uh, in, uh not Ho in Hoenn with Latios and Latias. There was a specific area right next to Maverick City, I think, the mm -hmm. the Electric City, where the where the daycare is, where there's just such a small patch of grass. It's like so I would just go in and out of that area until Latios uh, would show up in that area, and then I would ca you know because they had to be there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it'd be easy to find them instead of like some wild patch of grass. So I don't remember if they uh, did that in in uh in gen 2 i think they did though i think i feel like they did but uh regardless um yeah what a cool what a cool concept um mm -hmm. and yeah dude i yeah I, the legendary beasts are my favorite like legendary trio for sure personally um and like just some of my favorite pokemon in general um yeah it's awesome um, Want to take the next one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I, <laughs> it's I Wombo, <laughs> I Wombo, you Wombo, uh, from Reddit. That's a SpongeBob reference, everybody. Um, so many moments. The bug, the bug catching contest, evolving Eevee into Espeon and Umbreon, Rage Lake, chasing and catching the three legendary dogs. Can you tell Gen Two is my favorite? But for me, I personally love solving the puzzles and deciphering the messages in the ruins of Alf. As a kid, I remember being so immersed in the mystery and spent a lot of time there. Uh, just wish the items you got out of it were better. Wish they bring back those kind of puzzles to, into newer titles. Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, Espeon and Umbreon were also added to, uh, to Gen 2, uh, the new evolutions. Um, I never, like, really cared much for them. I, I, I definitely thought I liked, uh, you know, Jolteon, v Vaporeon, mm -hmm. and Flareon more. 
but it was cool. I, I definitely, um, definitely cool. Uh, and then, yeah, I never really spent a lot of time in the Alf ruins. I just, uh, you know, with the unknown, I was mm -hmm. just like, huh, okay, it's cool. Cool idea, though, that, okay, so you have these Pokemon, and there's all these, all the different varieties are letters. Yes. And the more you catch, the more you can decipher, and it's just all sorts of craziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think at the time, I was just too young to really understand what was going on. I was just like, uh, what, well, like, there's this, there's this ruins, but not much is going on, so I'm mm -hmm. just gonna leave. Like, you know, uh, if I were to play it now, then I would, I would definitely, like, spend time in there and, and get that, get that stuff, uh, taken care of. Next up, we have user Crowler6 from Reddit. Naming the rival after my best friend growing up, Nate. He passed away a year ago, so when I returned to the game and had to battle Nate, it brought a happy tear to my eye. I wish that they will bring back that feature into newer games. Aww, that's true. They that's... did take away the ability to name your rival, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. After Gen 2. Because, well, no. You can name your female rival in Hoenn. Because I, I remember, because for me, I don't know about you, but I was that person. And I know name that there are plenty of crush? you. No, 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 no. I was one of those people, and I'm sure that there were plenty of others that always named their character Ash. I always mm -hmm. named my character Ash, <laughs> um, and I was like, I want to be like Ash on Pokemon, you know. So uh, w at that point, I was still like young enough where I where I named my rival May mm -hmm. in Hoenn. So and then yeah, Wally or Wallace, um, whichever you want to call. Um, he was named the same no matter what, but I'm pretty sure with um, with May or the you know the female version of the protagonist, uh, you could name them in Hoenn. Okay. But yeah, they uh, should bring that feature back where you can name your rival. Yeah, yeah, for awesome. sure. I feel. Dude, I still feel like even after that, you could still name them. I still feel like I think. It was like maybe Gen 6 or 7 where they stopped. I, I feel like it was a thing for a while. Yeah. Because I remember in 5th Gen where you had the, the, the yellow-haired dude with the scarf and the... Oh, wait, no. It was that 4th Gen. That was Sinnoh. Yeah, where you had the yellow hair and stuff. I'm pretty sure you can name him. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, next up. Whenever it was uh, removed, they should bring it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely removed at this point. It, they should definitely bring it back. Um... Tyrant Maron Reddit said, strictly, uh, strictly, blah, 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 strictly related to the game, it would be a sense of wonder. Uh, it would be the sense of wonder I felt when I found that you have the whole region of Kanto to explore. Yes. Um, but the best moments are related to the impact it had on real life. I started with Red and Blue when it came out. I was six, but with Gold and Silver, I was just enough more con uh, conscious to experience the massive phenomenon Pokemon was. I do not know how to describe it to someone not of my generation. Sometimes my cousin, who started with X and Y, asked me questions about the older games, and I swear he won't believe me when I say that literally every kid was into Pokemon, playing, fighting with cables, cloning legendaries, talking about it, trading cards, draining batteries, spreading rumors, role-playing as a trainer, annoying parents, and I could go on. One aspect I don't see mentioned often is how Pokemon appeal to both boys and girls. Just a random thought. I don't know really where to go with it, but I never saw a franchise, uh, n I never saw, again, a franchise capable of uniting kids of such a young age with a common interest. On a dramatic note, when Ruby and Sapphire came out, I was 12 years old. 
Pokemon was still huge as it is today, but started to diminish as a gigantic social phenomenon it was. I remember clearly. Uh, I remember clearly one day I was playing Ruby at the beach. One of my friends who was uh, who before was into Pokemon Gold and Silver like everyone else comes to me and says, "Still playing Pokemon at your age? That's sad." I'm not joking. He even asks my mom. He even asked my mom when she, what she thought about her 12-year-old son, uh, still playing Pokemon. I felt bad, and it was a reason why, for me, the best Pokemon memories ended with Gold and Silver. From this point onward, I even stopped mentioning my friends and still enjoyed Pokemon until much later. So that had a lot of uh, typos, which I'm sorry was uh, for stumbling on that. Uh, but regarding this. Um, this, this sucks. Because, um, mm -hmm. so for me, uh, I feel I feel kind of similarly after Hoenn. And the reason I feel that way is because, like, I didn't really play Diamond and Pearl at launch. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a DS at the time. And then when I finally got one, I, like, I didn't even, I wasn't even, like, following Pokemon at all. I was just like, oh, there's a new Pokemon game out? Like, yeah, let me play, let me play it. Like, uh, and I, like, my friend let me borrow it. Um, but I will say, though, that I don't think, it's hard to, it's hard to explain, but with Johto, I think it's just because... I think everyone thinks that Johto is special uh, to a degree. Whether you, uh, if you play, if you grew up playing Johto, and it might be, you know, you can consider it partly nostalgia. That's, you know, do what you will. But I think that everyone who grew up, like, that actually played Johto during the time, even if they, it's not like their favorite generation of Pokemon today, still knows that it's special. That it, that it, that yeah. it stands out beyond, like from everyone else. Because I remember when HeartGold SoulSilver came out, everyone was playing it. Everyone. I like I was in band in high school. I was in high school at the time. You, everyone that had a, that had a DS was playing Pokemon in that band room. Everyone. And we were just talking like, how far are you? What starter did you pick? Like all this stuff. Like just mm -hmm. like you know, chopping it up about uh, their experiences and stuff like that. And. And I never really saw anything like it until, like, Pokemon Go came out. You know what I mean? And that, you know, that was just because that was just such a wild phenomenon in itself. But, like, you know, that was, you know, there were plenty of Pokemon games that came out during my time in high school. But that was the game where everyone was playing. Like, all, like, in the band room, all around school. Like, it's just, it just has this certain charm the certain thing that no other generation of pokemon has uh that just you know it, it, it's just like the proof is in the pudding you know what i mean mm -hmm. i don't know like if you had a similar experience like uh assuming you were like in college probably around that time uh when uh, pokemon harkle soul silver came out uh Harkle, i don't even know what year that came out. 2010 2010 so yeah i was in college at that point um so yeah i don't remember i mean it was definitely being you know, talked about and stuff yeah. in my group of friends but i don't recall seeing it so much around campus or anything okay um, that, that, that's but, fair it's it's a you know it's not a uh oh, as yeah. much of an intimate uh environment as a high school but 
Yeah, I, I, I oh, understand. Sure. Yeah, like um, everyone had their Pokewalkers too. You'd yeah. see people like with their Pokewalkers walkers attached to their backpack or their or their jeans. Dude, it was it was amazing, yeah. amazing time. But I have to say, like in, regarding Tyrant Mara, and really this goes out to to everyone listening out there, um, to any hobby or uh, anything you enjoy. Don't be afraid to like what you like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's and granted nowadays, video games especially have become much more mainstream than they were back then, where it's not so blasé or like, oh, you play video games, ew. It's, but even still, it's like whatever you like nowadays, like what you like. Don't be ashamed of it. Yeah, and just live it up and if you have friends that make fun of you for liking something just flip them the bird and be like hey <laughs> i don't shit on your things that you like you don't shit on my stuff okay cool yeah like and if they still give you crap they probably aren't worth being friends with if they can't respect what you like then they're not worth yeah, your time don't, to worry about yeah don't don't hang out around those people for sure and I also want to say, like, I don't know about you, Scott, but uh, how your parents felt about you just, like, when it came to video games in general. They weren't a fan. Yeah, my parents were not a fan either. Nope. <laughs> my, my, again, my, like, I was lucky to get games during my birthday and Christmas, and that's it. My dad, you know, ex-military, like, he was in the military and stuff like that. So, like, he definitely wasn't about it. Um, but he didn't really care enough to actually do anything about it either. So, mm -hmm. but, like... Now that, like, you know, I'm trying, like, I'm doing this career in video game journalism, they're they're much more supportive, you know what I mean? Right. But, yeah, right. I was also curious, because, like, I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really have uh, friends that bagged on me for playing Pokemon, um, but my parents definitely, uh, just with video games in general, like, throughout graduating mm -hmm. high school, you, like, always gave me crap to the, so. Yeah. Next up, we have I'm Death Not an Alien from Reddit, which, I mean, you, they're definitely not an alien because they said so. I spent so long in the elf ruins, trying to decipher the writings on the walls and stuff, talking to scientists, thinking there were so much, so much secrets in that place. Such a cool spot. Also, finding a larvitar, and I had no idea if it could evolve. I was at a friend's house and kept farming it to level up, and every level nothing happened. Till something like level 45, it finally evolved. I was so surprised. Then it evolved again into a badass rock dark dinosaur like 20 levels later. That shit was sick. Still one <laughs> of my favorites. Yeah, Tyranitar is a boss. Like, yeah. he is badass looking. Yep, he's definitely like a top 10 Pokemon for me, for sure. I, he, lo I love They are Tyranitar. super cool. Oh, yeah. They're cool in design and they're freaking powerful. Mmm. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Next we got... Uh, I think it's Rockwafell. Read out. Rockwafell on Reddit. The final battle against Lance in, in Silver. I was doing no grind, no items run, aka the fun way to play Gen 2, with battle mode on set, and I won by the skin of my teeth. I had been using uh, a Gengar with Hypnosis, Dream Eater, Curse, and Confuse Ray, which is a really solid strategy for basically guaranteeing one enemy Pokemon down. 
I think I was originally, I was actually down to my last Pokemon when I won. That fight becomes really awesome when you play it the fun way. <laughs> you play it the fun way. I want to say like that. Play Pokemon the way you want. <laughs> but like, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I, I get, I kind of get where this guy's coming from. Like, you know, as a big Kingdom Hearts fan, I think the game's much fun. Like, like the funnest way to play it is like critical level one, even though it's extremely hard. But like, you know, that's not going to be for everybody. Play, play the way, play the, play, play the way you want, you know? Um, but, you know, this is cool. Like, and I think that, like, is another great thing about uh, Pokemon as a RPG in general is just the different ways you can play it and make uh, things more challenging mm -hmm. without there being a definitive, like, mode, like, new mode that they put in, if that makes sense. Like, the, yeah, they put out, like, the, ba the, the battle mode on set or whatever, but, like, it's not like, hey... Here's the difficult, like a difficulty level right. or like anything like that. It's just like you jump in and then you can like kind of figure out the way you want to play. Right. Thank you to everyone who submitted your favorite memories and moments. We had a lot of people share them. So be sure to check out the episode description with links to both of the subreddits where you can add your own memories and thoughts of the game. I look forward to reading them. After listening to all these wonderful memories and our discussion, you may be thinking to yourself, man, I missed out on Gen 2. I want to see what all the hubbub's about. Where can I get it? Well, we have you covered. Luckily, the best way really to get this game right now is to you can still pick it up on the Nintendo 3DS eShop. Each both gold or all three gold, silver, and crystal you can get for $10 a piece. So $9.99 each, and you can grab all the games. Excellent, excellent games, and they are Pokemon Bank compatible, so you can eventually send them through weird ways into your more recent generations of Pokemon. Yeah, do that. Does, now, does that take you all the way to like Switch Pokemon? Uh, I don't think so because okay. they don't have all the Pokemon or something. Wait, you, you'll but there's like you can send them in like Pokemon Home and things. So yeah, you set them in Pokemon Home, and then you can get them through that, right? If Sword and Shield allow it. Yeah. Because remember, cause they don't have all the Pokemon in that one. Uh, yeah, because I think at the very least, at the very least, I know that they made a way that you can, like, transfer your Pokemon from, like, Sun and Moon, like the previous generation. Yeah. So, you can like, yeah. send them at least through and use them up through uh, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, I know. So Yeah. Cool. Let's say you are a collectionist, like a perfectionist collector, and you want the physical cartridges. Well, this might send you back a bit. Pokemon Silver and Gold will net you for just the cartridge by themselves. Prices is are hovering around the twenty to twenty-five dollar range right now for just the cartridge. If you want a complete in-box price, so the manual, the box, and everything, you're looking at around a hundred to hundred fifteen. And if you want a brand new copy for, and mind you, this is only for Gold and Silver, you're looking at probably the seven fifty to eight hundred dollar range. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Now, if you want crystal, this much more expensive. Uh, much more expensive for the loose and complete in box price, but actually relatively cheaper when it's brand new. Strangely, really, uh, how much is it for brand price new? charting? I, I will tell you. Okay. For <laughs> loose cart for Pokemon Crystal, you're looking at around the sixty dollar range for complete in box crystal. You're looking at about the two twenty to two thirty range, two forty range. 
But for some reason, price charting with uh, today, where I'm pulling the prices from, a complete new price or a new copy of Pokemon Crystal only goes for about six hundred instead of the seven seventy, uh, like the seven fifty that gold and silver go for. So that's huh. weird. But I would huh. just get it in the Nintendo eShop. They're perfectly fine and they're wonderful there. Yes, and you also get the Celebi event, so you can actually catch Celebi in Crystal. There you go. Cause, there you go. Yeah, because originally that uh, I actually like learned about this last night uh, when I was doing some research. Uh, they there was there was a function in the game that was going to allow you to get Celebi, but it didn't end up coming. And it uh, didn't come to the West. I think it was a Japanese only event. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't come to the West, where you're supposed to go to the Goldenrod Tower, and uh, mm-hmm. you'd get it. Uh, you'd get be able to do the event that way. Yep. But now they they have implemented it. You just do it the same way. Uh, yep. On the 3DS version. Exactly. So let's say you picked up yourself a copy of gold silver crystal and you're wondering where you can start you want some tips some tricks as a new player well we have you covered on that front too for my tip i suggest when you get to kanto after you beat the elite four of the johto region and the defeat the champion you're able to go to kanto and you're also able to get the original starters bulbasaur charmander and squirtle from the first generation i highly suggest my tip is to get Squirtle as soon as you possibly can because Squirtle's the best yep. and you can't call yourself a Pokemon Master until you get one and Squirtle for life, baby. Yep, Squirtle That's for all. life. Like, don't be wrong. Like, Charizard's great, but Squirtle is better than yeah. Charmander. Blastoise can take down a Charizard. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, like, design-wise, Charizard's pretty pretty oh, cool. Oh, that too. Um, but yeah, and then, so for me, I'm, I'm just more ca- casual advice here. Just, like, just do do what you want. Have fun. Take your time with it. There's so much to, like, explore and like learn about, especially with it being a sequel. Um, there's there's so much to learn there. Um, and also, I think it's really important. Don't let people hate on you for picking Chikorita. Chikorita is awesome. Meganium is fine. Like like, I think all three of the starters are great. I think their final forms are all great. Like, just be like just because like stat wise meganium's trash like if you think meganium looks cool and you think chikorita looks cool pick chikorita you know what i mean are you plan like are you planning to do like a competitive team in in this old game probably not you're just wanting to have a fun time and, and so just pick your starter pick the one that you like even though totodile is definitively the best chikorita is cool too like bayleaf is cool meganium's cool they're all cool do what you want don't let people judge mm-hmm. you. There you go. <laughs> Apply that to like your life. Don't let people judge you. Don't yeah. care. Don't care. Cause, yeah, because I just feel like the Chikorita is just kind of like the butt of the conversation when it comes to not even just like Johto starters, but like all starters. I'm like, Chikorita's cool. It's a cool name too. Chikorita? Are you kidding me? We are on to perhaps my favorite moment of each episode, the monster or enemy of the week. And in this case, because we're talking about Pokemon, we're doing the Pokemon monster or the pocket monster of the week. So Cameron, what Pokemon are you adding to the Pokemon of the week? Uh, I'm adding uh, Entei because Entei is my favorite Pokemon. I think he, uh, it's a really awesomely designed Pokemon. 
I think, uh, you know, again, the movie, he got his, he got his own movie, y'all, he got his own movie, um, I just love, I just love Entei, I, I just think that he, it has just, like, such a great design, I think, and that's what I'm about with Pokemon, like, my, like, my favorite Pokemons aren't because of, you know, uh, their strength or their abilities or anything like that, it's simply based off their design, and I think that Entei is an incredibly cool design Pokemon, and uh, I just wanted to give uh, some love to, to Entei. Hey, great, great mystical, or legendary dog. Here are some of Entei's stats. The national dex entry for Entei is number 244, and its type is Fire. Species is the Volcano Pokemon. He stands 6 foot 11 inches tall, with a weight of 436.5 pounds. Later on in various games, he gets the pressure ability. His EV training will yield, when you take him down, will yield 1 HP and 2 attack EVs. He has a catch rate of 3, or 0.4% with a Pokeball at full HP. His base friendship is at 35, which is slightly lower than normal. His base experience is 261, and he has a slow growth weight, growth rate. His base stats start off at 115 for HP, attack at 115, defense at 85, special attack at 90, special defense 75, speed of 100. He doesn't evolve. And for his Pokedex entries in Pokemon Gold, volcanoes erupt when it barks, unable to restrain its extreme power. It races headlong around the land. His entry in Pokemon Silver is a Pokemon that races across the land. It is said that one is born every time a new volcano appears. And in Crystal, this brawny Pokemon courses around the Earth, spouting flames hotter than a volcano's magma. So be sure to catch yourself an Entei. That is going to do it for yet another episode here on the RPG University. Cameron, thank you so much for stopping by and hanging out with me today. Of course. This was so much fun. It was. These are great games, and I'm glad you are, you are opening up the door to the Pokemon. You are the first person on RPG University to talk some Pokemon, so it's great to have you and start talking about these adorable little pocket monsters. Yeah, I, I actually saw that um, you had uh, two at a giant, uh, Nate, on a few weeks ago, and... Um, you guys talked about Earthbound, if I'm correct. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised you didn't, uh, like, uh, he didn't potentially bring up the idea of Pokemon Crystal because uh, I know that he recently played it for the first time, you know, going back to the original. Uh, and he, he says that he said it was, like, definitively, in his opinion, the best Pokemon game. And I was so happy to see that uh, on Twitter when, mm -hmm. he, when he tweeted that out. So, um, but, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be the first to talk about uh <laughs> the franchise that made me fall in love with games there you go great great entry uh great entrance to the gaming landscape but where can people find you online cameron what do you got cooking plug away oh uh, yeah so i'm right for dualshockers.com you can uh follow my writing there you can follow dualshockers at dualshockers you can follow me on Twitter at the Cinephile Guy, and I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Cinephile Guy. Um, don't have anything like any big projects uh, riding rise in the work. Um, 
I have a review for SpongeBob coming out uh, at some point in time that I cannot disclose. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, and I am also playing through the Paper Mario games, which I'm streaming uh, for the very first time. Uh, I'm currently uh, at Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, and I plan on writing probably some editorial regarding the franchise uh, leading up to Origami King, which I will also play, and just uh, we'll probably figure some sort of edit fun editorial to write about uh, regarding the Paper Mario franchise. So uh, that's that's basically all I got right now. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you to you and and for me, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. And remember, we are now doing special RPG University Live. So tonight, the day this comes out, you'll be able to check us out or check me out playing some Pokemon Gen 2 over at twitch.tv slash irrationalpassions where you yourself can call in and hang out and share your own memories live on air. So be sure to do that. And if you're listening to this after the fact, you can check out the stream archive over at youtube.com slash irrationalpassions. So check that out. But thank you to those that have listened to the very end. You've returned life to the crystals and locked a new job class. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service as each rating and review you leave will help cause a leaf on the mana tree to, to bloom and help restore balance, saving the world. Plus, I would just really appreciate it. If you have an RPG that you would like to talk about, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with what game you think you'd be an expert in talking about on your very own episode of rpg university and until next time everybody stay safe stay healthy be kind to each other class dismissed